Man, you come right out of a comic book. What? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. Uh, just a drink. A martini, shaken, not stirred. Welcome to Screen Mayhem, the end of the year update. Um, once again, I'm very excited to have our senior reviewer and all-around super movie geek, Paul Salt, on the show. How's it going now, Paul? Very well, thank you for having me. That terrible election doesn't feel much further away, but hey-ho, we're still here, still watching great movies. Oh, and I still have the orange cockroach. Oh, we haven't not... been impeached in the last half hour? Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> Keep He's... an eye on it. He's not going anywhere. Um, <laughs> no. Well, this episode, uh, we're just going to talk about uh, kind of movies of the year in general. And um, I want to just go down to top five. We'll go back and forth. Uh, you'll mm. do one. I'll do one. And then um, I want to talk about some of the more disappointing ones, some stinkers yes. maybe, and just see. Because, I, you know, it's good to celebrate both. I'm not just saying we want to crap on things. But, you know, oh, yeah. they get our. there's a lot of money that goes into making a movie and a lot of people's time and all this stuff. Yeah. And, and you you want it all to be good. And then it's such a shame when it's disappointing. So. We'll it go really to that. is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I guess we'll do these in order. You want to start with like your five or you want to start? Yeah, we'll do that. Start with yeah, five we'll so we both get end on our number one. Number one. All right. Okay. So five me up. Number five is uh, Knives Out, Ryan Johnson's murder mystery um, featuring, um, oh God, I've forgotten her name already. I'm the worst person who ever lived. Amma. <laughs> oh, just a moment. Keep all this in. Uh, <laughs> what is your name the problem is she's not even first build she's the main character and she's like third build Anna de Armas as yes. uh, Marta Cabrera that's great she's got a great name in the thing she's the sort of nurse and housemaid of this big old family when the person that she's caring for is murdered mysteriously it looks like suicide and the, and the door was locked so you know surely that's case closed except that a maverick detective has been brought in played by Daniel Craig um and his sort of outrageous southern accent again you know it's slightly less outrageous than logan lucky i think um and yeah he comes in and he's got to try he's got an idea that maybe this is a homicide somehow so really compelling great performances very funny and just oh man and, and yeah a really interesting whodunit and it's uh yeah it's nice that that's a genre that still has really excellent entries into it yeah, so it's like classic, right? It's like Clue, but not mm. as goofy. I think it, it does yeah. have goofy elements from the trailer. It does, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it, yeah. I mean, well, thanks mm. to um, when we talked about the in our December update, you gave mm. me the synopsis there. So I'm now very excited to see Knives Out. So Excellent. Knock it, <laughs> knock it down. Well, my number five um, is, uh, I hope it came out... You know what? I'm going to have uh, to throw it out there anyway, but I, it actually came out in 2018. It must have been the end. You know what? I'll have to scrap it. I was going to call out High Life because I only saw High Life um, oh, about think, two months ago. I think you could get away with that. I mean, in, certainly in the UK, it was only released in the summer over here. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah so let's go for it. It's uh, yeah. Claire, Claire Denis and um, mm. just always good, frankly. But Robert Pattinson all, it just continues oh, to blow man. my mind. He yeah. went from like this cheesy heartthrob to this really <laughs> serious actor who chooses his roles really well. Yeah. And he it, can look psycho and he can still look kind. And it's just, it's a really clever movie. 
of just this isolation in space and the the way they do it they you know they pull the story out you kind of start mm-hmm. at there's this man and a baby and he's trying to fix yeah. the ship and and then they walk you through how they got to that point and and a little bit of the aging it's a very isolated film and it's very mm-hmm. desperate and weird yeah and it's gorgeous and it has a beautiful <laughs> soundtrack uh, that includes uh, the tinder sticks which is one of my favorite bands uh, and Claire Denny has always um, used the Tinder sticks and a lot of stuff, uh, Nanette mm-hmm. Itboni and stuff. So just really neat. Um, Julia Benouge, uh was in it. Um, <laughs> it's yep. Surprising. I hadn't seen her in years. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just amazing. Yeah, and she fucks a robot, kind of. <laughs> she does. That was that scene was that scene was pretty hot. I was like, what? Yeah, it was really quite something. Um, I'm like, this is a different kind of space movie. <laughs> No, it was wonderful. A really intimate but really spectacular and um, epic kind of movie. I yeah. really loved it. Um, and incident- incidentally, I went to a, f- um, a screening of that movie that featured Claire Denis as well as some of the cast. And it's quite possibly the most awkward interview I've ever seen conducted in my life because the mm-hmm. interviewer tried to make it a sort of chatty kind of conversationally kind of thing. And um, it's not really that kind of movie. And yeah, if you want to see a really horrifically awkward interview, just Google <laughs> High Life BFI interview. Um, okay that's yeah. awesome it's and i will i will confirm a thing we it was fifth fifth april 2019 in in the u.s 10th of yeah. may in the uk but it was originally released in france at the end of 2018 yeah. i think for a film festival uh t-i-f-f what is that toronto oh, that's toronto yeah, yeah. No, yeah, sometimes they count like the premiere date at a festival, especially for films that have trouble getting um, kind of distribution like that. You know, the Wikipedia page gets written and then then it gets a general release. So, yeah, I think that's fair enough. I'd say High Life was definitely a 2019 film. Well, thank you. And I loved it. And yeah. that was my number five. Yeah. And speaking of uh, Robert Pattinson being amazing and looking like a psycho, my number four is The Lighthouse. Oh, I can't wait! Oh man, it was so good. It's um, David Egger's new film. You might know, remember him from The Vivitch. Yeah. Um, and he has made a film here that is a claustrophobic, Lovecraftian, character-driven delight. It's um, it's two men. It's uh, Robert Willem Pattinson, Willem Dafoe. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> they are tra- they yeah, with sp- um, sporting some magnificent facial hair. Uh trapped in a lighthouse together um just looking after it and there's something up with it you know for some reason robert pattinson's not allowed to actually go up and look at the light there's strange creatures appearing here and there there might be a mermaid and it's just it's a horror film but it's also it's a movie where every frame of it i wanted it to be over (laughs) if that makes sense as soon as we get in there it's like oh i want to leave oh i really want robert pattinson to just leave and get out of there it's just it's so visceral in its unpleasantness and then you add in the sort of behavior of Willem Dafoe and the bizarre sort of almost homoerotic quality that they have and but this sort of mm-hmm. vi- vi- uh, venomous um relationship that they've got going on and oh the cinematography is beautiful it's black and white um sort of an old fashioned 4 by 3 ratio um very much like a ghost story from a few mm. years ago the david lowry film and yeah. oh it's just stunning it looks lighthouses gorgeous. are neat anyway they're really they mysterious <laughs> and isolated and it's I also, i'd like to be a lighthouse keeper just oh. preferably one without willem dafoe <laughs> yeah did you ever see that one it was a really interesting movie it had a gerard butler um and it was about him and two guys they had to they had this oh they had to go to a lighthouse to work 
And no, this dude how. just starts trying to kill one of them. And it was like, it was all about treasure and stuff. It was a really interesting huh. movie. But yeah, yeah, another isolated lighthouse radio yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. And the, the light, light between shining. oceans is quite yeah. an interesting lighthouse movie as well. The, um, oh, uh, uh, CM France, Derek CM France film. Yeah. So yeah, I like lighthouses. And this is an excellent lighthouse movie as well as just, and the final shot is one of the most perfect things you'll see in the cinema this year so yeah i really recommend the lighthouse all right i love it um i will follow up with i guess for my number four i was Mm. either going to go for something comedy that was different or i was going to go for something darker but i'm going to go for it it's um i'm going to go for book smart um olivia wilde she went for it i really i I liked it i was tired of all the american pies Uh, this one had more heart it had really good characters oh Um, yeah yeah just really cool from and it, you know even from stupid stuff like Will Forte he was kind of funny in it but <laughs> I and Lisa Kudrow but I you know yeah. I liked uh, um, I like Billy Lord she has a really funny role in it and uh, and obviously yeah. Beanie and uh, uh, Beanie Fields Caitlin and, Caitlin yeah, Dever Caitlin. is the other yeah. one and I just great. fucking loved both of them so much <laughs> yeah <laughs> no only because I love that it came from like Olivia Wilde's you know she she just knew she could frame this up and it was it was cleverly done. It had yep. cool music. It was pretty gorgeous, like in terms of its um, blues and reds, and and it was a goofy story. Mm. But I, yeah, I felt it. I, I'd watch it again anytime. Yeah, I really hope that team of um, screenwriters all work together again because it was just oh, so impeccable and really funny. And I love the little rituals that they have between them. There's just the very first scene of the movie where. Um, sort of molly's character comes out and is is dancing and amy gets out of the car in order to dance as well yeah it's just that really was the funny. best <laughs> and all of those movies where it's just like no don't end i want to spend longer here you know it's funny the other one i was going to throw there it's funny i had mm. to throw it out and it wasn't even my five because high life has to stay in the list mm. was ready or not because i really enjoyed it oh. and I, I enjoyed the comedy of it it's just yeah. so ridiculous but it, it had too many problems, I think, to be in my top five. Oh, that's five. a shame. Yeah. I really wanted to see that. I missed out on it. It was during my sort of Australia phase that it uh, came out. So I missed out on Ready or Not. But it did look like a lot of fun. The premise reminded me of Your Name, which is a yeah. film I really love. So, yeah, that's a shame. Um, okay, my number three is Marriage Story, in fact. Um, recent entry for me, just really beautifully acted, really compelling um, kind of tale of two people unraveling. Uh, a very what feels like a very astute tale of modern love and how it can go wrong and just really poignant but very funny as well in places yeah it really was it it really was it, it, and it <laughs> and it is one of those things that you you see it in real life like um i had a death in the family and all the people uh, you thought that were going to be cool about it it was just nuts mm. how everything went so dark yeah. And I've gone through a similar situation as the movie, and it's really true. A lot of the stuff that, you know, mm. you got to talk about all these things. And I guess you didn't have to get so nasty, but, you know, she wanted she wanted some power back, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you feel like it's relatable because, again, you know, you see a movie where, you know, the husband's just, you know, an abuse. And obviously it happens, you know, but you see a movie where a guy's over-the-top villainous and you just... This isn't two-dimensional. This is a very human thing, and you can relate to both yeah. sides, but you can also see how both sides have not communicated well or have been, you know, either overly passive or overly um, kind of domineering in the relationship, and you totally get why they're so great together, but why they just can't work <laughs> together. And, yeah, it was a yeah. movie that just really had me invested. 
Yeah, it was really clever, the New York, L.A. thing. Mm, you know, it, it yes, created... culture shock. Yeah, it created such a difference in, like... It, it was like being parted by a sea. You're on each mm. opposite ends of the United States. And I know, It's yeah. not possible to keep a family together, even if you're trying to do it <laughs> in some yeah. c- kind way. And I love the sort of comparisons of sort of New York and L.A. culture. You know, just it's so much space is the thing. Yeah. It's the space you can have. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay. Uh, my my number three, I think you'll approve, is uh, uh-huh. Midsummer. Oh, beautiful, fantastic! Yeah. Ari yeah. Aster. Um, it starred uh, Florence Pugh. Um, mm-hmm. She was just so good. The way oh, yeah. her face through this whole damn thing, her her <laughs> struggle and her her like yeah. she was like always in the midst of tears. It was just yeah. so. And the colors. Uh, oh my god, the flowers. Gorgeous, to life. gorgeous. It was film. just. I mean, the, even the, the, the deaths in it were just beautiful. It was just, like, mm. so well done and so creepy. <laughs> yeah, really, it does sinister really well in a way that, you know, I remember um, a great, oh, what was it now? I think it's, yeah, it, it's the idea that you don't know what it is that you're meant to be afraid of or whether or not you should be afraid. And this reminded me of Get Out for that, right. you know, just the way in which everyone is just smiling and you know, interested, and yet there's, you know, what are they really after? <laughs> and it's interesting. I feel like everybody could have survived it if they weren't nasty, mm. if they wouldn't have tried to <laughs> break the rules and do something, yeah. you know, do something um, negative. Mm. And it felt at one point like she was really going to get pulled in to the mm. ranks, and I, ca- I kind of wanted her to. I wanted her just to give in and become part of the thing. Yeah, but... it's so empowering for her because the second time I watched it, it really stood out to me what a shit boyfriend Jack Rayner was. Oh, Lord. My God, he was despicable about the whole thing. In the first one, people were like, oh, it's a bit harsh, isn't it, setting fire to him? But he's such a dick. I set fire to him. God. <laughs> yeah, he was so, the worst. They were the all worst. bad people except mm. her. She, yeah. You know, what would have happened is they would have gone by themselves without her and they all would have died and she just never would have seen That's true. Again, but yeah, that is it, true. Yeah, that would have happened. I will say the only thing that stands out to me and um, it's Will Poulter and yeah. his performance as the kind of comic relief douchebag. Which <laughs> he just pissed feels on little... ancient tree. <laughs> <laughs> I like that bit, but bits where he's just saying very odd, like dumb guy dialogue felt a bit uh, a bit artificial to me. But that really is the only thing. Everything else about that movie is sublime. Yeah, and I liked uh, Will Poulter. He surprises me because I first saw him in, um, I think it was the Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Uh, oh, the, right, yeah. yeah. He was a little shitty kid. Um, <laughs> and then he blew my mind in Bandersnatch. I didn't even yeah. recognize him in Bandersnatch. He mm. just looked so different. So then to oh, see him man. in something like this where he's just being the guy again, he's <laughs> just a doucher. It was really funny. Yeah. I mean, I know he can play hateable because, of course, Detroit, um, Catherine yeah. Bigelow's film, where he plays the racist cop. And there's a little period there because the racist cop in If Beale Street uh, Could Talk was, um, what, wasn't it Jack Ray? No, it wasn't Jack Ray. No, it was um, Deadpool guy, um, Ed Screen. Okay. So for a little while there, America seemed to be just getting British people to play all their racist cops. Which <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. I love it. Oh, did you like see it. Hereditary? Or, or, yeah, of course you saw it. I did, did you like yes. it? Yes. I yeah. did like Hereditary. It was... Um, Yes, it wasn't sort of the sort of horror revolution that um, revelation. Sorry, that everyone sort of for me it wasn't the horror, no the for me either. Movie. Yeah, and um, as much as I love Tony Collette, I found her a bit. Uh, sometimes her performance was a bit big. Yeah, if you get my meaning in that one. Um, but nevertheless, there was a lot in it that sort of creeped me out. You know, especially this is a scene where the boy is in bed and he hears the the sisters. You know, the yeah. noise that she does that. 
that still gets me because it's, it's such a creepy. small thing. When I lie in bed at night and think, what have I just heard that right now? It just wasn't perfect. It had so no. many creepy, cool scenes. Yeah. Even the, the ultraviolet scene, all that stuff. But mm. in the end, I wasn't really satisfied. I felt it over-explained itself a bit too much. Yeah. You know, we get a lot of exposition in that last third about the whole possession thing and the rest. It was, you know, you need to be a bit mysterious with your horror. Totally. Mm. Okay, uh, my number two is uh, Parasite. Oh. Bong Joon-ho's, um, what, what would you call it? Black comedy thriller kind of thing it's um again i'm not going to spoil the premise um or sorry the plot the 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 premise is just you know a young man goes and works with a very rich family he comes from a very poor family and together they start to try and figure out how they could maybe turn this to their advantage um and it's just a beautiful character study it's a beautiful commentary on class and the impact that it has on people um the sort of resentment that can build there and um i love the way that the rich family you know, are just totally oblivious to the suffering that's around them. It just makes that, <laughs> as, as a metaphor, it makes so much sense that they're just living their life and they have no idea about the really crazy shit that's going on in, literally inside their house. Um, and yeah, it, it starts off with this sort of scheme that's being implemented and it's just fun to see all the twists and turns in the scheme and how far they're willing to go to make it happen. And then it becomes a whole other thing at the midpoint and it just becomes compelling in that way that truly unpredictable films are. Um, yeah, just a really enthralling thing. And my God, the cinematography is gorgeous and the production design, just I'm, as you I'm expect. A, I'm very excited. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm a big <laughs> fan of his. I, I love The mm. Host, which is now Oh, yeah, yeah. God, like... I'd say, yeah, in production, it's actually kind of like um, Park Chan-wook um, in the way that the colors are used and the way everything looks. So, mm-hmm. And, you know, he's one of my favorite directors, so... And the two apparently know each other because I saw, um, you know, this thing where uh, Criterion Edition releases these videos of directors in their um, kind of library picking out movies they love. Um, Bong Joon-ho was in there and he was talking about a movie and he said, ah, this movie, I lent this to Park Chan-wook and he he never gave it back. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Some guy in the comments was like, yeah, Park Chan-wook occurs to me as the kind of guy who would borrow your DVDs and not give them back. That's awesome. (laughs) Did you like Snowpiercer? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! It was a really good film. Um, I thought it was beautiful, but I, I, I still, mm. I only watched it once because I felt the story was a little bit <clears throat> okay, a little off, but interesting. Mm. Um, and then the Akja, which he had out uh, oh, just yeah. a couple of years ago, it was a Netflix release, I think, for, about <laughs> the giant pig. I never saw that. Mm, it was good. It was um, very overt in its message, but it was a, okay. it was a good message. I feel speaking as a Speaking as a sort of self-loathing meat eater, okay. it very much hit home. Like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said whilst eating my bacon sandwich. I love that. Um, <laughs> and did you see Mother? I loved Mother. Yes, Mother's yeah. fantastic. Okay. And Memories of Murder. Um, I, I will say that this film, you know, if you look at his big movies like Ocho and Snowpiercer, Parasite's definitely a return to Mother and Memories of Murder and, you know, that kind of film. So, yeah. Love it. Mm. All right, well, this... Uh... Yeah, well, now we're going into the the, the main lines. So my yes. number two of the year would easily be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, wonderful ultraviolence. Uh, really, like a cool ensemble. So many cool people in this in, in the movie. Yeah, it was just fun. And I loved that. I, I used to watch those old uh, cowboy movies. I loved watching Gunsmoke and Marshall Dillon. And that's really what it's based <laughs> on. And even stuff like The Original Fugitive. It was like set in forests, yeah, yeah. like a play. And that's really what Bounty Law felt like. So it was really cool. And mm. I could see that that's like, you know, it's kind of, that's what would have happened. These guys that, uh, uh, what was the name of the guy from Gunsmoke? Um, 
James, uh, I better go smoke. It, it's really like what happened to him. He after that he yeah. couldn't do anything else. Like they tried to mm. get him. It was it was sort of like mashing together people like James Arness. That's what I was thinking of, and people yeah. like Clint Eastwood who went over and did mm. a bunch of spaghetti westerns. Yes, and stuff like yes, that, that was a really fun section. Mashing that. it all together. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you had your time where you were doing, you know, filming every week, filming twice a week in the show, and mm. now you're this guy with a little house in Beverly Hills, and you know, yeah. it's really interesting. I loved it, and obviously. Well beyond that, the Tarantinoisms. I so much as I want to despise him because everyone in the world <laughs> despises him now because he keeps doing self indulgent shit. He makes yeah. movies that make me happy. Yeah, that's the thing. Is he's a really compel. He's an entertainment at all costs kind of filmmaker, <laughs> right. and it really works. So as much as a dick as he keeps being in sort of his own private life and you know publicly. He just, it's like Lars von Trier, you know, it'd be so much easier to love the films if the guy could just shut up for a bit. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me. I saw, um, uh, speaking of Once Upon a Time, I saw, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, God damn it, Matthew. Um, <laughs> Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby? Yeah, help me out. The... Uh, oh, Roman Polanski. Thank you. Uh, no worries. <laughs> <sighs> God, my brain sometimes. Um, Hold on, I'll have to fix this up. But I'll pick right up where I left off. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, there we go. Um, so speak, um, speaking about that, I just saw an article like uh, like a week ago or something like that. Mm. It was um, it was Roman Polanski saying, the media has made me a monster. I'm like, no, Ooh. raping a 13-year-old made you yeah. a monster. <laughs> <laughs> in Jack Nicholson's house, I don't know why that makes it worse, but... Oh, just the stuff that might go on in Jack Nicholson's house, you know? Oh, seriously? <laughs> it was. He was away on vacation when it happened. But, yeah, I mean, that whole case is just... Yeah. And, yeah, blaming the media is a bit it's a bit rich on that one. I mean, come on. <laughs> he was, like, convicted in, in court. It's like, this is... Yeah, whatever. I hate that crap. But, yeah, if these... <laughs> it doesn't mean that I don't like Rosemary's Baby anymore, but it's really... Oh, yeah. It's harder to love the things that these people make... I mean, I feel like yeah. everybody should just shut the hell up. I mean, Morrissey, just stop mm. talking. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ, he's the worst. Never grant another interview and just disappear, <laughs> motherfucker. Because you used to be my favorite. Now, if I saw you, I'd hit you. <laughs> Rightly so. God almighty. Yeah. yeah, it's really disappointing. They say that whole thing of never meet your heroes. But, you know, in this day and age, it's very hard to stay clear of your heroes. It's true. <laughs> yeah. So Once Upon a Time was glorious fun. It was Big yeah. and beautiful and colorful and had lots of fun action. And yeah, that's mm. number two. Fabulous. Yeah. Um, my number one, my favorite film of the year is The Farewell. Ooh. Yeah. Awesome. Is, let, me, let me get some stats about it so I can name the director, for example. Here we go. Yeah. So this is um, a film written and directed by Lulu Wang, and it's um, apparently based on sort of a real lie, as um, as they put it in the film. And it's um, it's the story about a Asian American woman, uh, played by Aquafina, who finds out that her grandmother is dying, um, but the person who hasn't found that out is the grandmother because mm -hmm. the whole family have conspired to keep this from her, um, in the hope of sparing her sort of um, a very anxious, you know, last few months. Um, they decide instead that they're going to hold a fake wedding involving the cousin um, and that they're all going to use that as an excuse to sort of say goodbye to Nai uh, Nai, as, um, as she calls her, uh, without her realizing that's what everybody's doing. And so it's about so the, mor 
oh man, it's about the morality of that. Is that a good thing to do? And that how that plays into the whole East-West divide. Um, but more than anything else, it's just a wonderful insight into these people's lives. Um, and just a little view of China that is um, at once sort of uh, unfamiliar and is new in many ways, and yet so relatable. Um, some of my favorite scenes include just seeing how the wedding is held and conducted between these two people who aren't that close but have just been sort of pressured into marrying so that they <laughs> yeah. can have an excuse for this wedding. And that's really funny. And then the uh, the rituals that they undertake when they go and visit uh, the husband in the graveyard. And they've brought a whole bunch of his favorite stuff. And um, yeah, and, and piling up on the grave. There's just oh, there's so much in there that's just fascinating and interesting and funny. And Aquafina is amazing as uh, Billy in the lead yeah. role. And her She's relationship the with the grandmother is so good. Do you know this director... Um... I was hmm. looking. I don't see a lot of other things I, I know. I don't see anything else I know. I see some music videos no. and something Shorts, called... Shorts, yeah. I, yeah, post, posthumous, but posthumous. Yeah, I've not seen or heard of that. Oh, Britt Marling's in it. She was great yeah. for a while, and I haven't seen her in ages. No, she's amazing. Uh, so, yeah, she's, it's interesting yeah. that this film is just so perfect. That's bizarre. And... Britt Marling seems to have stopped in 2014. Well, yeah. she started doing the OA, right? Oh yeah, yeah. There it is. Yeah, twenty sixteen to nineteen. Yeah. So maybe that's taken up that all her time. Took up, took up all of her time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, She's yeah, amazing. the farewell's just beautiful, magical. Yeah. All right. Well, my number one. I'm sure you know it. Uh, you could guess it, based on um, our last conversation. Um, is Joker, of course. Oh, of course. Todd Phillips. <laughs> it's just. It was this New York that I've always. I got to go to New York for the first time about a year ago. Mm. And it, first off, it's an amazing, amazing place. Like every, right. it's 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 crazy as somebody who's been a lifelong film lover to like walk along Central Park and see these fences that I've always known. Yes, like, I've just always known that fence. I've seen it a thousand times. I've seen mm. Joe Pesci walking by it. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen you know Tom Hanks walking by it. I know this fence to be on Fifth Avenue and see all the the big homes. And I'm just like, holy shit! It's like this place always existed only in my imagination. Well, that's what this this New York is a lot more like, and people love to make the comparison that it's a lot more like Taxi Driver New York, and it's true because New York used to be a really scary place all the way into the eighties uh, before they cracked down on uh, letting mm. people, letting homeless people even be there in, in street crime and gangs. Now it's a yeah, very yeah. very safe place. So I got to right. see it pristine. It's neat to go into a movie like this and see the the old shitty new york <laughs> i mean like think of the yeah. subway scene and stuff like that it's just yes it's, it's like lawless and shitty and it's it's really cool mm. it's, it's the only place that somebody like um our joker could be could be built yeah this it is a society that was nasty and it it probably led to a lot of really violent horrible people and mm. and i i i've said this before i'll say it again it's the only i don't i'm not a big comic book fan and i'm not even a, a batman joker fan okay but i seeing something like this it's the it made me believe in how i could i could act, actually ever believe in somebody like joker like oh, it was wow. always such a dumb thing like he's a clown and he's evil and he's got this <laughs> empire and arkham asylum and stuff but now i get it he's got like real mental problems and that mm. that laugh problem and stuff it's really yeah. creepy yeah and it it makes it so people just people hate him like nobody yeah. nobody gives him any love except his mother it's just dark yeah and yeah it's a really great performance from phoenix i love things like him being at the comedy club just not knowing when it's appropriate to laugh right and just there's something just really uneasy about him that just puts you on edge throughout the entire thing 
Yeah. Yeah, and he's so fragile too. Except yeah. except when he's not. It was it was yes. nice. Yeah. <laughs> By far my favorite of the year. I mean, this will yeah. stick with me. I'll watch it again and again and It's uh, also uncomfortable like you said uh, about the lighthouse. It's it's there's something about the whole time I'm like I I almost wanted to get out of there. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I definitely felt that as well. There's just the aesthetic is really quite confrontational. <laughs> well, there it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. Um, I, why don't we start with your first uh, disappointing mm. 2019 release? Absolutely. So at number five, I'm going to talk a little bit about Glass. And to some extent, oh. it feels bad to talk about Glass. It was early on in the year. It was the sequel, of course, to M. Night Shyamalan's Unbreakable and also to um, Split, which was yeah. um, one of the films that was meant to sort of indicate the sort of revival of M. Night Shyamalan along with um, The it, Visit. It, it worked, right? I was like, yes. holy shit. <clears throat> it, was, it was good. It was a contained story and it was interesting. And, you know, McAvoy's obviously really good in it. It was, um, yeah, it was it was an interesting film. Um Glass, um, unfortunately, and part of, so many of the things that are wrong with it are things that I wish were right with it, if that makes sense. You know, the fact that it's a superhero story told in a much smaller scale, right? you know, almost entirely one location, character driven, you know, that kind of thing. But unfortunately, the characters just aren't terribly interesting. <laughs> and the yeah, he action... somehow even made the split character more uninteresting yeah. than he had been yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. And they just... Oh, God, it's just the whole thing feels like a lot of missed opportunities. And, you know, Bruce Willis is just sleepwalking through this one. He's oh, he barely sure in it. Wait, that's um, all things now. Yeah, exactly. He, I, don't, he, I don't know if he could ever actually act. I, I know I loved him in Die Hard. And yeah, there, there were I times, think he could. He had energy t- anyway. There were times I loved him. I loved him in the original mm. Unbreakable. He was Yeah, he yeah, was he's wonderful. But he, I feel like since the since 20. 15 2010 he's never done anything that isn't just him bald grunting yeah well in 2012 he did um moon eyes kingdom and um okay. looper both See, of which he were needs good. to and be then pulled out of his then. element no more yeah. action movies with him as the star <laughs> yeah oh god i haven't seen death wish but oh, it was terrible. terrible yeah based on what i heard it was exactly what i expected yeah <laughs> so yeah i would I would say Glass with a Heavy Heart, because Shyamalan is such an interesting one. He keeps trying to do new things, but in frustratingly bad ways. And every so often there's a blip where it's like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But then, I don't know, he just he makes very entertainment that almost dares you to engage with it. And I, again, part of me likes the fact that the movie was quite uh, successful, because what are the odds of a movie like this being successful? But oh, I just wish I could get on board with it, but it's... It's just not very. It's just not very good. Is the issue? I would throw out that um, I I feel like if the, what if what he would have done is like mm. kept our split character. I can't remember his name, but who cares? Mm. Keep him the in Lord. his own little Sorry. layer, right? Like make okay. it this bigger. Like go go more Batman, but make it weird. Like go for <laughs> it. It's actually yeah. It's him out committing major crimes, whatever. Yeah. And for that's when Bruce needs to say yeah. oh shit i better go out and try to stop this guy he gets premonitions whatever it would have been cool yeah. instead you're yeah. right it was all in this in this asylum and yeah. this woman's controlling them which is just ridiculous and it is and then and the she fights keeps having with these, them she keeps having these go nowhere conversations with the horde and right. never with anyone else but she just keeps going and seeing him <coughs> and having the same sort of circular arguments and yeah 
We need no more of the glass stuff. He could have just been yeah. a mastermind helping the horde oh, yeah. become more evil or something. I don't know. Yeah. It could have worked out, and yeah. it just was so lame. It really was. It was disappointing. And, and if dull. you're doing glass, you should have just made it all about glass. Then, like, made yeah, you sure. could have you could have done this whole like conspiracy theory movie that was really compelling mm. that had some yeah. cool action. I don't know. He does actually feel like quite an afterthought. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, cool. Um, I will throw out at number five. Yeah, I'm just going to throw all these under the bus. Um, mm. The whole <laughs> Rocket Man, Blinded by the Light, Bohemian Rhapsody. It's these um, musician, like band-driven dramas. And I just, I liked Bohemian Rhapsody to a point. Mm. I also thought it was a little bit heavy-handed. Okay. Um, Rocket Man, I feel like it only exists because Bohemian Rhapsody existed. And somebody said, like, wait, we could do that for all of these famous (laughs) singers, you know? Yeah. And then Blinded by the Light, this is like, it's a true story, but it's, it's trying to get us into the the boss, uh, which right, was just yeah. it was pretty hard to handle. And my exception <laughs> to the whole thing was I thought um, at least it's an original idea. Yesterday, yes, I was waiting for that. I was yeah, wondering if that it, was going to be included, but it, it does not yeah. get thrown in the stinker. So it's, it's the one that <laughs> saved the format because the other ones were yeah. just no. I don't want to do it. And yesterday was pretty fucking clever. It really was, and it was a lot of fun. And there's that moment where. You know, he drives out to the house and meets the guy. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was, I really loved that. That me really too. had me smiling. So, I mean, a lot of that movie had me smiling. It was quite a, it felt like a really sweet film. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a good one. I mean, like things like About Time and these, these odd yeah. little, little movies that are about the relationships. And I like, yeah. I think it was funny that in some cases he couldn't remember the lyrics. And he's like trying oh, to Oh, that's re- great. I love that. Because it's like if you or me had to try and come up with the Beatles right. lyrics. It's like. Totally. Yeah, I don't know. How does Eleanor Rigby go? Because as he's doing it, I'm like, yeah, how does it go? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Oh, that was yeah. great. Yeah, so I throw in my number five mm. is throwing all of those uh, biopics. <laughs> I just don't want to see them ever anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have made money, so unfortunately, just have to wonder about who's going to be next. Yeah, um, you know, it's probably going to be like, oh, God, I'm thinking. I don't know, one the, of the guys 80s from... that are in at the moment? They're big. Yeah, right. So, like, yeah, yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll do. Um, we'll do like either Billy Joel or we'll do um, uh, White Wedding Guy. You know, Billy Idol. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I can't wait to see those. Um, my number four is Hellboy. Rob oh, Marshall's yeah. Hellboy. Um, yes, yeah, crucially not Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy. This felt like this felt so cynical. It, it just felt like an attempt to come on guys let's try and make this happen but in a more sort of publicly friendly way because unfortunately both of Guillermo del Toro's very interesting Hellboy movies did pretty badly um, making their money back in home video but no investor wants to wait that long and so this felt like a test you know can we make you know Marvel's Hellboy you know except R-rated and all of those things just felt really perfunctory I wasn't a big fan of David Harbour's performance as Hellboy he was so ugly he was but yeah. In this like uncomfortable, I'm wearing a costume kind of way. Not yes. in a I've been brought to it, life like... and I'm gross. Yeah, exactly. And I felt he was all right when his voice was low, but whenever he had to shout, he just did not sound impressive. Because he way. doesn't he sound impressive in real life. <laughs> <laughs> they had to know that. I mean, the first yeah. time they got this behemoth of a man to be Hellboy, <laughs> and he obviously could do it. And smoking his cigar, he looked like a badass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but yeah, I, I found the whole thing just a little too cynical and uninteresting. My biggest problem, the plot. Mm. 
That whole yeah. thing about this is your one opportunity. Grab the weapon. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Oh, you didn't. <laughs> I turned to dust. I was like, what? Fuck you, movie. Yeah. It was just very sort of a to go from here to here, and yeah. I, I didn't like any of the supporting characters except I do like um, the actress who portrays the like the um, the sort of um, young girl who's kidding around with him. Uh, yeah. The girl from uh, Limits Education of Cameron Post and American yeah. Honey. But um, her character, I found yeah, fascinating. Mm. And it did have some beautiful <coughs> visuals and some cool special effects, but yep. I don't know. I, I like who's the main yeah. bad person? Mila Jovovich. Yeah, it was. Yeah, she did a yeah, great she job. Was fun. Yeah. And Stephen Graham <laughs> showing yeah. up again um, yeah. as the voice of the uh, pig monster. It's funny. I forgot it was Mila Jovovich. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry, lady. Okay. <laughs> uh, num- number four for me, uh, Zombieland Two. I loved number one so much. Yeah. Number two really took a shit on it. It was like, oh god, they made fun of the rules. They, it was like, it was like kind of funny. The idea, I like a lot of it on paper. I could see sitting in a in a writer's room and coming up with these ideas. They settle down at the White House and some stuff, and they're all getting older, and yeah. whatever. But it breaks apart as quickly as it doesn't. And actually, one of the most annoying characters. It's this actress I like. Um, well, let me put this in here. And. She plays this um, pink-wearing douchebag who's been living in a mall for, like, the Mm. last 10 years. She's still perfectly clean. It's Zoe Deutsch. Oh, right. Yeah, she was really – she's such a good actress, but she's just – it was so annoying. It was, like, such comic relief in in a bad, bad way. Like, there Uh were realistic things about the first one. Yeah, sure. And they threw it all away. Like, at this point, zombies are just – you know, they just getting too jokey. I'm not going to f- spoil the ending, but the ending mm. on how they destroy all those super bad zombies is just the worst thing I've oh, ever God. seen. <laughs> this was the one that they advertised as from the producer of one thing and the director of the other, and one of them was Venom and the other was Deadpool, right? Oh, there you go. I think so. And it's just, yeah, it sounds like those things have combined in the worst possible way. Right. You want the good things. You want Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> you want Woody Harrelson. You want Emma Stone. Yeah. You want them yeah. to do their thing and have it be fun. But now it's just all stereotypes and garbage. It was quite a feat getting all of them back together, especially Emma Stone now. Right. But, um, yeah, it's a sh- what a shame. It sounds like they didn't manage to recapture that magic. No, not at all. Mm. Uh, speaking of uh, unrecaptured magic, my number three is Dumbo. Ooh. Um, by far the worst of the uh, sort of live action Disney remakes of the year. Although that's, I mean... Dumbo, at the very least, was doing something different. You know, Lion King and uh, Aladdin were essentially shot-for-shot remakes of their um, their source material. Dumbo was trying to do something different, but it was very uneven and un- un- and poorly handled, um, with very flat characters, a very undynamic plot. It looked weird. It did. It was. It was quite a bit of Tim Burton's weirdness, but none of his charm, um, and a weird kind of anti-disney message that isn't really fleshed out like uh (laughs) michael keaton yes michael keaton is in it replacing somebody bad who is it i think it might be johnny depp um who he's replacing and which he should i feel like johnny depp should be replaced in all things from now on (laughs) always by michael keaton (laughs) yes i'll always take michael keaton (laughs) he was actually he was fairly interesting in it he was an interesting performer but yeah it's just the the comedy was off-putting and a lot of the world was just kind of ugly. The, the only thing about it that makes me sad about this is that Dumbo was so cute. They really designed yeah. a very cute Dumbo, and I kept walking past cinemas that had his poster in it and thinking, aw, I wish you were in a better film. Yeah. <laughs> Poor little Dumbo. Poor Dumbo. 
<laughs> I feel like those are things that just you just don't redo them. I mean, if you're going to redo it, redo oh, it well, God. but don't try to yeah. do a thing. We it's know so the depressing. original story, right? It's, yeah, exactly. And it's so depressing that in terms of animation, we're getting movies recently like Moana and Frozen 2 and, you know, quite exciting and interesting films. And then in the live action, it's just this retreading. That I, and we've got Mulan and Little Mermaid coming up next. And I just... Uh, and unfortunately, these movies are making a tremendous amount of money thanks to the nostalgia value, and it's uh, it's just really irksome. Yeah, agreed. Mm. Well, my no- my number three, get this. So one of my uh. favorite uh, old school directors of action movies, Luc Besson, has a new oh, movie, yeah. and I'm like, oh, he yeah. wrote it, he directed it, and it's about <laughs> a badass uh, female assassin that's just yes. gonna kick all the ass in the world, Anna. <laughs> Yeah, what a, what a huge disappointment. It was so oh, no. stupid and cheesy <laughs> and garbage. I, I almost oh. didn't finish it. And it had Helen Mirren, who I love, and really? Gillian Murphy. <laughs> and I'm like, this is going to be awesome. And it was just so, so stupid. Well, that's such a shame. But uh, yeah, I mean, my Luke Besson um, <laughs> enthusiasm has been relatively low since. I know, Island, mine but... too. But I thought, this sounds <laughs> modern. I mean, I liked... He, you know, he wrote Lucy. Yeah, Lucy was interesting. That yeah. was a fairly entertaining film. Um, I remember the one that really turned me was Lockout, that Guy oh. Pierce thing. Yeah, that I really hated that. I think that was the closest I've come to walking. Well, not the closest, but I really wanted to walk out of that film and didn't. But did, did you like yeah. Valerian? I remember being very pleasantly surprised by Valerian. Me too. Yeah, I messaged um, Goodman, actually. In fact, it's our defense of episode in which um, I'm a little more critical of it than he is. But I remember saying he was living, we were living together at the time. And I just texted him saying that was surprisingly good. And he yeah. went and saw it and was really blown away by it. So I wanted to hate it because yeah. I'm just like, I, uh, Kara. You want that narrative. Delivini. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never liked yeah. her, but she shined oh, okay. in that movie. She was so good. She was good in that. And then, yeah. yeah, so I'm like, okay. And obviously, Leon goes down in history as one oh, of the God, yeah. finest movies of all time. Yeah, that's a great film. So Anna sucked ass. Yeah, that's a shame. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Luke. I almost wish it was more surprising. But... I, I know, <laughs> I know. I just, I, I was just, yeah, you'll know when I get up to my number two, which is, yeah, after yours, you'll yeah. see, I'm just, it kept happening to me this year. I'm like, this has a lot of things in the right spot, and it just sucks. So. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I mean, my number two is uh, Men in Black International, which, um, oh. My, I mean, Men in Black, the first one, 1997, is, I think, a really somewhat underrated film. It's, um, I love that film. I think it might have been my generation's Ghostbusters, in as much as it's this kind of kooky premise and a kind of action comedy with really great sort of comedic performances in it. I really love the first one. And here we have Tessa Thompson, who I really like, and Chris mm-hmm. Helmsworth. She's great. And she is great. You know, she comes out relatively unscathed as a result of this, but unfortunately... Um, just everything about it. Um, they all will. It's like one of those garbage things, like uh, Wild Wild West. Everybody mm. came out just fine. It is just a big <laughs> summer flop. The world pile would just of shit. forget this one. Yeah, that was the problem. It was a big summer movie, and I was really hoping for something that would charm me a bit. But just flat action, no characterization really. The two main characters are too much the same. You right. know, it's meant to be kind of the odd couple here. That's you know, what at... made the first ones good. It was yeah. the odd couple. It was the crusty old guy that follows <laughs> the rules, and then the young yeah. buck. That was messing with everything. Exactly. That was meant to be the thing. And what was beautiful is the twist on that in the original, how Tommy Lee Jones is this old buck, but that he's an old buck at being like a magical space, you know, 
agent and so he's the one with all this fantastical stuff and will smith is meant to be the uh, the sort of freewheeling you know loose cannon is totally overwhelmed throughout the entire thing it's wonderful to take them and put them in such unusual situations here i mean they're just sort of wisecracking young you know and it's never quite clear who the straight one is and yeah you know who's meant to be the funny one and I actually in the podcast we pitched the idea that Rafe Spall, who plays the kind of you know by the books nerdy guy back at the office, he might have been a better partner for either one of them. Ideally, Tessa Thompson. Totally, they would have played off each other a bit better. But um, yeah, well, we get what we get, which is two A-listers kind of sleepwalking through a very uninteresting film. I've, oh, yeah, Rebecca this could have been put some C-listers <laughs> in it. This could have just gone direct to video. <clears throat> it really could have. Seem and Rebecca exactly. Ferguson shows up playing an arms dealer with a third arm. <laughs> it's so dumb. And, yeah, it's dumb. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, my um, let's make sure I'm right here now. Number two. Um, it's funny. I I say. I mean, I I don't know why I was looking so forward to this one. I really liked the foot fist way. Oh yeah. And looking at the trailer of the art of self defense, oh, I no. felt like I was going to see something similar to that. This like this crazy roided out badass uh, you right. know, sensei and a student who wants to learn so he'll go to whatever lengths uh. to do it and it was just a pile of garbage it, it oh, tried no. if it would have taken itself a little more seriously just to the point that we could suspend disbelief and enjoy it but now it was just fucking dumb it was I kinda, horrible I, I like the art of self-defense i'm afraid to say <laughs> oh yeah i hated it i hated like the whole idea is walking with the bag of dog food and and it says mm-hmm. dog food on it it's like they're just trying okay. too hard to be meta and not like too cutesy. Take take the same exact plot and just let it go a little more, tighten it up. But yeah, I hated it, mm. Scuts. That's that's surprising. I really did enjoy that one. I, I um because I, I love Jesse Eisenberg and, and I thought yeah yeah and Imogen Poots, she's awesome. I guess it's it it is an acquired taste. I guess it's a very it's very much a sort of indie comedy movie in terms of performances and the world and the plot and. I, yeah, I can imagine that not being to somebody's taste, but yeah, I really found that quite entertaining. Yeah. It was um it reminded me a lot of Fight Club in a way, but less gritty of course, you know. Kinda like Wes Anderson's Fight Club. I just needed less of the the obvious jokes. It was almost okay. like there were these like mad T V kind of things thrown in mm. on what was otherwise a really good idea. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, my least favorite film of the year was um, the one I really wanted to leave, and actually the one where during it I decided to myself, "I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> I'm just going to fall asleep. I'm trying to like stay awake, but I'm not, I'm just going to not try. I'm sure the next action sequence will wake me up, and that's the only thing we all seem to be here for." Um, Angel has fallen. Yeah, the, uh, God, that was terrible. Yeah, the third in the Fallen trilogy, I guess. If after um, Olympus has fallen, which I remember quite liking. I liked them both, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen London Has Fallen, but I thought I'd come see Angel Has Fallen because it just looked like a kind of... Sometimes I'm just in the mood for a somewhat bland action movie. Yeah, they're all following the same recipe as everything else. You got this organization that has cameras everywhere and they're chasing a badass (laughs) dude who can avoid big bombs getting thrown at him and countless bullets and he goes to the safe house and he saves the president and woo! Yeah. I just, all I remember is the first action sequence, which immediately I thought, oh, this is going to turn out to be a training exercise. Totally. You know, it's just that's what's going to happen. But nevertheless, even though that's the case, I'm really bored. Yeah. Because there's no visceral. It's not visceral. There's no impact to anything that's happening. And it's shot quite clumsily. And as soon as I realized that, I just realized this is going to be a slog. It was, it was so dark, that opening scene. I'm like, this yeah. is, a, is this a joke? Like, <laughs> Not in a good way. <laughs> right. 
and then dark the... in a I can't see what's going on kind of way. And then I don't think I finished it actually. Right when I was at the point mm. where they're like, everyone died but you. Explain that. I'd be like, because I didn't, and I'm here to check out the president. And they're like, are you? It's like what? <laughs> yeah, I they do a bad job of framing him. him. Yeah, I would have snuck that... in the window and slit his throat. I'm like. I don't know what yes. the fuck happened. Yeah, was... why would I organize an elaborate drone strike? Yeah, it's... it's... <laughs> he was and standing right next sequence. to him. He could have knifed him. Yeah, and that whole drone sequence was so bad. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. I, I seem to remember finding the very ending, the final gunfight, somewhat involving. It reminds me of The Equalizer 2 mm. in that respect, in as much as I really just did not care about the entire film no. and the final gunfight mm. at least at least had something. But no. Yeah, it, what it's... made that cool is the weather. Oh yes, that's the big storm in that yeah. little town. Yeah. yeah, that was that. Yeah, again, that was a. Good, it felt like a cool level in a video game. Totally. But um, yeah, uh, Angel has fallen was the worst film I've seen this year. It was really powerfully boring. Well, you'll tell me on my worst <laughs> one of the year. You'll tell me I should have expected it, and it's my own fault for getting excited. <laughs> but I'm a huge fan of First Blood, Rambo. Blah, 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 oh, so. okay. Last Blood, I'm like, this is it. I mean, he's back. The last Rambo he did was fucking awesome. He's been, he's got a really good track record for bringing shit back and making it good. And I thought if we just did one where he's just, it's the last one he does, but it's good. And it was so, (laughs) so stupid. Yeah. It was bad. It was bad on every level. Like from the point that like the person he would normally be saving dies like halfway through and, and then he just gets beat up a lot. And yeah. I mean, I suppose that's where it goes, but yeah. I don't want to see that movie. Like, just don't make that. Like, if you're going to tell me, if I sat down with Sylvester Stallone, he's like, listen, I'm 60-something years old and I'm full of testosterone. I can't fight anybody anymore. So this movie's going to be me setting up some bombs near a barn and pretty much yeah. getting my ass kicked. You want to see that? I, I would have said, no, <laughs> don't make that movie. Oh. Yeah, I heard it was meant to be a sort of Home Alone with guns, but that was Skyfall. And that was great. Yeah, so yeah, totally. <laughs> and it was yeah. it was absolute garbage. It was so disappointing and just it emptied my I'm now done with Sylvester Sloan. I'm like, I don't care what you make at this point. We're good. <laughs> I mean, it can't be that many more things, surely. I mean, he is quite he was only born in forty six. He's got time. He's just making garbage. <laughs> he actually I just looked, he has four movies that are um Wow three announced and one in pre prod. So Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I won't see any of them. I mean, we're finally going to get that Turner and Hooch sequel that we all deserve. <laughs> no, that was but, Tom Hanks, wasn't it? What was him and the dog? Oh, yeah, it was, that was Turner and Hooch. You're thinking of maybe Stop or My Mom Will Shoot? You know, yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking right. of. It was a dog or a grandmother or it something. It was a dog or grandmother, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that Shirley MacLaine? Oh, yeah, I think it was. Oh, that's wow. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Sly. Thanks for ruining yeah. my 2019, dickhead. <laughs> Thanks to all these terrible directors. <laughs> okay, we've we've done our lists. Uh, yes, you um, had mentioned. Did you want to talk oh, about okay. what what won the year in terms of like box office? I mean, it will probably be Rise of Skywalker, which mm-hmm. we're still awaiting, and um, you know, it'll be very interesting. I know that we're on opposite camps when it comes to the Last Jedi, so yes. I'll be interested to see how J.J. Abrams goes about unifying a fan base that has been torn in twain. Is that coming out at Christmas? Uh just before, if at very late. Wow. In fact, I think it's coming out like uh, the nineteenth. Oh, wow! Week. Yeah, so it's so, got um, it's got like a week and a few days to rack up all the money, but it'll get it. Yeah, obviously. Oh, I'm sure it will. Yeah, it, it's bound to. But okay, we'll quickly go through the top ten. Nija, Chinese film I haven't heard of. <laughs> okay, me either. Uh, number nine, Hobbs and Shaw. I wasn't a big fan. 
You know, I didn't hate it. Um, I okay. watched it um, just as it was like a popcorn movie, and mm. I made fun of it the whole time. And it does stupid things, but yeah, yeah. I, why not? Give him some money. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I I'm I haven't got much time. I, I found I enjoyed two Fast and Furious movies, five and six. Yeah, me so too. So it's it's not a, a world. I'm okay, that all I can invested. say is that part where the helicopter's pulling all the cars off the road is oh yeah. too too far. That was yeah. <laughs> Um, number eight, Frozen Two. I'm fine with that. It's a very sweet film and bound to be one that's popular with kids, I think. And uh, yeah, yeah, pretty good. Aladdin grates a bit. Again, Ooh. I'm not a big fan of these live action Disney movies, and I wish they weren't doing so well. But no, they God, call that the parent pocket. The parents can take the kids there, put them yeah, that's it, it, and they just sit on their phones the whole time. It's not real money that it. I mean, it made real money, but it's not. <laughs> it's not a real movie. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, and then we've got Joker again. Yeah. It's a real surprise that that movie did as well as it did, but I'm kind of happy. I'm happy that you know a character-driven, you know, R-rated movie yeah. has um, done so well. It's going to lead to interesting things. Uh, number five, Toy Story four, very sweet film. Yeah, I like that, uh, and I'm happy that it's there. Number four, Captain Marvel again. Fuck anyone who said that a female-driven uh, superhero movie couldn't make money. Um, Hopefully it'll lead to other studios doing stuff as well. I enjoyed Captain Marvel. I like the I like the whole aesthetic of it. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, Spider Man Far From Home beating it out a little bit. It was I think the weaker of the three Marvels of the year, but Oh for sure. Yeah. You know what, sorry, my something is making a noise and I can't Pe- figure out. People what it is. were just hungry for that crap. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a huge um there is a very huge um spider-man fan base as yeah, as demonstrated they're... by the recent sort of stunt that, under, that went on so yeah. yeah hold on a sec something is making a noise in my room every time a skype message gets sent and i don't know what it is or if it's getting picked up on my um computer or if it's just in my headphones so oh, i'm trying to not. shut it off okay do well, it i don't know how without shutting you off as well it can't be that okay i think it's just in my headphones um all right, number two, The Lion King. Again, just... Oh, Lord. What was the point? I just don't understand what the point was. Skip that completely. That. That's more of that uh, parent money. Yeah, Put fair the enough. the kids in the chair, get them some popcorn, <laughs> zone out. Yeah, I guess that's it. And number one is Avengers Endgame. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, the biggest movie of the year. And a really good one. I was um, having been left... Having enjoyed Infinity War... I wasn't, um, but not been blown away by it. I was surprised by just how much I enjoyed Endgame. I enjoyed it a great deal, too. I'm one mm-hmm. of those people I had to rewatch. Like, I think I fell asleep the first time I watched Ragnarok, which I know is a crime in, <laughs> into itself. Like, I should go to prison mm-hmm. for that. But I've rewatched <laughs> them all. Prison. And then, you know, I still, there are people um, that I know that know these movies so well. And, mm-hmm. like, I got to the end, and there were at least. I don't know, four or five people I didn't recognize at the big funeral scene. <laughs> oh, I, no, there were. Yeah, they they reached back. They got yeah. the kid from Iron from Iron Man 3. Exactly. So. I had to ask uh, at, ask Herskules about that. I'm like, who the hell are these people? And he's like, well, obviously, <laughs> it's the kid from Iron Man 3, his mom's aunt, and That's somebody amazing. else. And I was like, oh, <clears throat> fuck. Okay. Well. I had the same thing in the finale of Game of Thrones, actually, when they have that big council <laughs> scene. And it's like, who's that? Totally. Where's Where's that kid? Where's that weird it, breastfeeding kid? I don't think he's here. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. He's yeah. big on some ensembles. Well, cool. <laughs> that is uh, that is our end of the year update. Yes, uh, it is. This is coming uh, right before Christmas, so we have yet to see what happens with all these final releases of 1917. Yeah. And yep, I think 
yeah, the big ones for me that are still to come that I haven't managed to fit into this year are um, obviously Rise of Skywalker, Little Women, 1917, li- uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I think it's yes. going to be a big one. It looks good. Um, yeah, and I think that's 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 about it. I'm actually mm. more on top of it than I usually am. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again. Um, I'm sure I'm going to see you, uh, yeah, by the end of uh, January for our January update. And we'll yeah. just, uh, guys, go check out uh, screenmam.com. We got uh, Paul writing all sorts of great reviews out there. And, uh, thank you very much. Obviously, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for being Till next on. time. Yep, till next Thank time. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye.